1: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
2: Graduation is a sweet occasion, but finding the perfect gift can be a bitter struggle. MMS.com has a solution. Personalized M&Ms. Just imagine the look on your grad's face when they receive a custom candy creation featuring their school's colors, name, and even their photo printed right on some M&Ms. It's a thoughtful way to celebrate their accomplishments and make the occasion even more special. Visit MMS.com to create your own personalized gifts and party favors for graduations, weddings, birthdays, and more. That's MMS.com. Use code WONDERY to receive 15% off your
0: next order. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30 day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide
3: with America's number one travel news journalist. The world, the and now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg.
0: Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London, you just never know. This week we come to you from the Lake Austin Spa Resort right here in Austin, Texas. And Everywhere I go, I always like to do a couple of things. When I, If I have time, the very first place I'll visit when I go to a new city is the firehouse because the firefighters know everything. They do. They've been in everybody's house, everybody's hotel, everybody's restaurant. They know exactly where to go, where not to go, and they're the coolest guys. Uh, but the other people I love to talk to are the people who write for the paper and the people who know the city because they live there. And we lucked out because Michael Barnes is with us. He's the, uh, the social editor at the Austin American Statesman. That's great. And author of, I love this, Indelible Austin,
1: A lot of people misread it as inedible, Austin. (laughs) And my mother had the best misreading. She said, I'm reading your inaudible, Austin.
0: Well, books on tape, baby. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You lived here how long? Uh, Since 84. All right. So we're talking, what, 33 years? Yeah. Um, I remember when I first came to Austin, I was working for Newsweek, and I was here to do a story. I'm not making this up, about your governor at the time, and I wrote a story basically saying that he was not mentally fit to be governor. Um, We've had a few of those. And his name was Dolph Briscoe. Yes. And he held a press conference to announce two things after my story came out. Number one, that he was mentally competent to be governor. And two, that I was being banned from Austin. <laughs>
1: well, i <I'm> back. back. <laughs> You're back. I'm back. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, for those of you who remember the movie The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, that, that's Dolph Briscoe, baby. That's him. That's him. Um, that was a uh, who was that Charles uh, Charles Durning? Yes, yeah. Yes, it was. So it, since 1984, and by the way, when I was here, that was in the 70s,
1: of yeah, course. Yeah.
0: But since 84, Austin has exploded.
1: Oh, absolutely. You
0: know, and and uh, it is now, and and I liken it. I, I like Austin so much because it reminds me so much of Madison, Wisconsin.
1: Oh, very similar.
0: State capital, big university town. Exactly. I mean, a great cultural magnet. uh Lots of energy and. When I first went to Wisconsin, of course, the definition of, de- of, of, of sautéed was deep fried. You know, <laughs> I mean, now Austin is a food capital as well. It is. So what's changed for you since 84?
1: Well, there's a lot more of us, and uh, there's a lot of tension between the newcomers and the old-timers, and part of my job is to introduce them to each other and have them talk to each other. And uh, but, but, but
0: listen, you're the social editor. It means you get invited to everything.
1: Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Everybody- you're Mr. Opening Nighter backyard barbecues you know grand galas i go to them all but there's society and then there's just hip people you know it all bleeds together here um it's one of the key ingredients of the town are people are open socially uh there's not that closed off sense that you get in some cities where if you arrived you're never going to be part of the the scene but here
0: you know i feel that and i'm probably going to anger some people with this but i feel that about old school new orleans Ah. you know there's there's a different back door there yeah you know there's a subterranean social level there that you're not going to get in
1: you're not going to get in
0: no the the closest you get to see it is when they do the cruise during mardi gras but that's (laughs) about as close as you're going to get to (laughs) right right right. same thing in south carolina and like charleston very much right exactly old school but not not in Austin.
1: But, no, no, it's a young city. It's uh, it was not even a city until recently, and so, and people here have always been very uh, socially open, and,
0: and of course, embracing the music scene,
1: and the food scene, and the. Movie I mean, scene. when
0: PBS, I mean, talk about a successful PBS series, right? Austin City Limits. Yeah, you know?
1: exactly. It's 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 one and of most the things... of
0: my friends, by the way, on the West Coast, when they first saw that show, uh-huh. and they're in the music business. Said, "Who knew? They didn't <laughs> yeah. know."
1: Yeah yeah no it's been since the 60s and and you know of course willie nelson was a big part of all that right but it continues today even with the affordability issues and mobility issues which uh everybody's fighting
0: well because you got to be able to manage the growth
1: yeah are they managing the growth that's a good question i think in a lot of ways they've found ways to increase density to increase pedestrian and bike traffic and but uh but it's a sprawling I mean, you know uh, sunbelt city at the same time and so. high tech and very high tech that is where all the wealth is from the we had no real true wealth here until the tech boom of the 90s and uh, the but, delionaires and so forth but as in michael yes as in michael <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So Who I walked past the other day and didn't even recognize. He's a he's, he's yes, very quiet so man. The question is, man. did he recognize you? No. He, he was in the middle of a business thing. So uh, He uh...
0: always is in the middle of a business thing. <laughs> we're talking to Michael Barnes, the social editor of the Austin American Statesman. Toto, I
1: have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
0: Michael Barnes, the social editor at the Austin Statesman. uh, I always said the Statesman American, the American Statesman. Yes. I know. Uh, I know you're going to all the parties, Mm -hmm. but for people listening to the show who may not get the invitations you get, right, where do you suggest they go to be part of the Austin scene? Because as you say, it's an inclusive environment.
1: First of all, just get out of your car, and uh, everybody in Austin is outdoors. I mean, we're looking out here at these gorgeous green hills and this great lake here, and that's where everybody goes. Uh, every bar and restaurant has a patio or a terrace, so it's an outdoor city. Uh, South Congress, SoCo, is a great place to start out um, because, you know, you have 100 singular businesses down there. And, I mean, and
0: you could do a, a serious pub crawl.
1: Oh, absolutely. Anywhere. I mean, we have a, about 12 entertainment districts. It used to be just 6th Street, and that's what everybody knew. But now 6th Street has kind of become like Bourbon Street or something. It's it's mostly tourists, but there's so, nothing be, wrong with that.
0: No, if, but you know what? I tell everybody to get off Bourbon Street yeah. in New Orleans. I'll tell everybody to get off 6th Street here. Please do. Okay, see? Aren't you glad I said it? <laughs> exactly. I, I don't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going to get off 6th Street, where do, you, where do you go, Michael?
1: Well, the the South Congress area is where I live, and it's it's entirely walkable, and there's fifty very good restaurants within easy walking distance, a hundred within you know two miles. So uh, that's that's my locus, and uh, uh, and there are the
0: older neighborhoods too.
1: Well, this one's actually an old neighborhood. Yeah, this is this is it. It was a red light district when we moved into it. And is that why you moved into it? it? No, yeah. no, the land was cheap then. It's <laughs> not anymore. So you were part of the gentrification? Uh, uh accidentally, yes. Yeah.
0: What about the museum scene?
1: Uh, they're mostly centered around the University of Texas campus, which has several major fantastic museums, including the LBJ Library and the Ransom Center. By the way,
0: I want to recommend to everybody, there are, only th- there are 13 presidential libraries in the United States. People don't realize that. I yeah. think everybody had a, every president had a library. They don't. The first one that opened was, was Roosevelt's. Uh, Herbert Hoover had, was actually the oldest president to have a library. His didn't open first. And, of course, the 14th will be Obama's when they raise the money to do it. Yeah. But I have to tell you, I spent time at the LBJ Library. It's fascinating.
1: They did a complete redo of the permanent collection yeah. recently under Mark Updegrove, and it, it is fantastic. And
0: elsewhere in Texas, the biggest surprise to me was George W. Bush's library mm-hmm. on the campus of SMU. Mm-hmm. I mean, amazing.
1: Yeah. We have three of uh, George H. W., H. w. of course, in, in College Station. Yeah. But, but interesting, dude. one of the the, uh, the new museums that's about to open in just a couple of months is the Briscoe Center for American <laughs> History, going back to your Dolph Briscoe story. Well, the Briscoe Center used to be at, the, at UT, wasn't it? It is at UT, yeah. but, but they didn't have any exhibition space. Until. I actually,
0: actually participated in a talk there once. Oh, really? Yes, and I didn't tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> he did some good in his life. I know. I, I remember once he was, he was on, a, on his personal plane called the Janie B., Oh, um, that's his wife's name. I, I'm getting to that. <laughs> and it crashed. Oh no. And, and and they survived and as and the plane is like on fire, right? <laughs> and he's out there shaking hands. Hey Dolph Brisk, everyone if you're going like, get away from the plane, sir It's not a campaign stop. You crashed. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, old school. Yeah, definitely old school. Um, but your favorite museum?
1: Ooh, that's hard. Um, I like the Austin History Center because it's it's small and it needs to be fixed up, but it tells you a whole lot about where we've been.
0: And yet, for from a branding perspective, the thing that always cracked me up was what keep Austin weird. We've never been that weird. But it's your
1: brand. Yeah, well, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> live with it. How did that happen? Small businesses in the early uh, 90s saw a lot of influx of uh, national money and they wanted people to continue to buy locally. So it was a, kind of a buy locally campaign.
0: Right. Keep and, it quirky, keep it local. And also, keep it, it refers
1: back to the 1970s, which is when the current dominant culture was developed. You know, the post hippie culture, 1970s is when what you see now was started.
0: Well, listen. When I first came to Austin in the seventies, I was the correspondent for Newsweek. Mm-hmm. I drove. I had a ponytail. I drove so an orange I. VW bus, the only vehicle in Texas not with a rifle rack in the back of it, <laughs> and I survived.
1: Wow! Yeah. there were plenty of hippies here too. There were a lot yeah. near campus, mostly. But I, I used to get pulled
0: over all the time.
1: Oh, I'm not surprised. Yes,
0: and it was sort of like,
1: <laughs> "What are you doing?
0: Why are you here?" You know, it was. It was that was in the old days. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, and then I got rid of the I got rid of the ponytail, mm-hmm. and I got rid of the orange VW bus, mm-hmm. and I still got pulled over. So you know,
1: <laughs> it's just you. I don't know. It's,
0: maybe they just didn't like. Actually, and you know, I had the best time. I went riding with the last of the Texas Rangers, oh, wow. who was still looking for cattle rustlers. Yeah, his name was Slim ulin Yeah, and his wife's name was Red. And <laughs> let me tell you, we dro- we rode into Bell, Oklahoma, one day. We rode in right yeah. on our horses. Me, wow. Hopalong Greenberg. We rode in on our horse, and I had the ponytail, and we tied the the horses up at the uh, on the post, hmm. and we walked in, and the place got very. It was a jam steakhouse, and everybody was there for lunch. And I walked in, and the place got very, very quiet. <laughs> that was when I thought this would be it. This is it. I'm over. We're yeah. done. And you know Slim what? Slim and red. Slim Gray and red. And you know what? I still get Christmas cards on those guys. Oh wow! Absolutely. Wow. Michael Barnes, a social editor of the Austin American Statesman.
3: If you are continuing on to another Southwest destination, please make sure that you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information. If you are
0: continuing on with another airline, we really don't care. I am a passenger. You know, it's unusual. I know Texas is a big state, but it's unusual to see a resort that's basically 20 acres, lakefront property in the middle, well, very close to about 35 minutes away from downtown Austin. Um, And it's only 40 guest rooms. Uh, It's small, it's compact, but you're encouraged to get out of your room. This is not a place where you go to veg in your room, although the rooms are lovely. This is a place where you really want to get out. And my next guest knows a little bit about that because she's got a title that not everybody gets to have a title about. She's the director of Flora and Fauna. I like that. Flora and Fauna at the resort. Tricia Shirey, how are you?
4: Great. Welcome to Lake House and Spa.
0: Well, thanks. Now, You have been with this property how many years? 33 Uh, in July. But who's counting? Uh, But
4: who's counting? I was just a child when I began.
0: Uh, Weren't we all? (laughs) Yeah. What's special about this place to you in in terms of the topography and in terms of the opportunities for guests?
4: Well, the beautiful setting is like none other. There's this uh, amazing hillside across the lake from us that is just gorgeous, (laughs) and it's just about to be in full spring bloom and uh, the lake is, is beautiful and it's just a very unique piece of property.
0: But you know, when you talk about a resort in Texas, everything, oh, you got horses. Yeah. You don't have horses. No, no. How many different kinds? You say flora and fauna, let's talk about flora alone
4: hundreds of different wildflowers uh, native plants and uh, it's we've we're really in uh, fortunate to have such a varied topography so we've got sun and shade and wet and dry so we have plants that are adapted to all of those locations so and you see things blooming year-round and and I try to plant things that attract pollinators and butterflies so you'll see lots and lots of wildlife here there are plants that I uh, in- include that provide food for birds. So there's things that bloom for hummingbirds. So that's another real big plus of walking around on the grounds. You're going to see a lot of butterflies and hummingbirds and all kinds of things. And in
0: terms of the flora, what's the biggest surprise species that you have here that people are just not expecting to see?
4: Hmm. Well, um, I don't know that there's surprises. I think there's something. Hey, I live every in New York season. City. Everything is a surprise to me. <laughs> well, I think there's there's a surprise every month. You know, a, a lot of people don't know about the mountain laurels that bloom this time of year, and they're in full bloom. It's the trees with the purple flowers, and they smell like grape Kool Aid and they're full of bees and and butterflies and uh... so that's kind of our february surprise and uh... and also just the variety of things i think that is uh, intriguing to people then the fact that we manage it organically surprises a lot of people explain that well we're right on the lake so anything that we add to the soil um... to the plants here is going to go right into the source of lake o- of austin's drinking water so we want to make sure that we're using the safest and most uh, effective things possible.
0: So you're watching your fertilizer.
4: Absolutely. So we're using organic fertilizers and even organic pest control.
0: Wow. And of course, uh, when you have this kind of acreage and you get to plant whatever you want to plant, usually, do you work closely with the chef?
4: I do. And uh, we work, uh, you know, he tells me the kinds of things that he would like to for me to grow each season, and we work together on varieties. And I try to introduce him to new and different things as uh, as they come up. And, and you
0: basically tell the chef it may smell like grape Kool Aid, but you're not cooking with no, it.
4: No, that one is not an edible. So we Just do, double checking. Yeah, <laughs> we do grow a lot of edible flowers, so you will see flowers pop up on your plate.
0: Plus, you're giving a tour
4: absolutely we do a garden tour every week and one of the things that's unique to our property is we allow guests to take herbs home with them so we have pruning shears and allow people to cut thyme and rosemary and bay and take it home with them and, and parsley experiment. and stage two just to complete sure, the song Sure. <laughs> and uh, you know a lot of people will take mint for cuttings from our garden and start them at home and then have um, mint that's growing in their garden from our garden, so I think that's that's nice for. Okay, folks. now
0: the fauna. Because when I checked in last night, I saw a couple of ducks in your pool.
4: Yeah, they're
0: they come in at night, don't they?
4: They come in at night. We're not quite sure why. The lake was down for for a few. Those are the specially
0: chlorinated ducks. I believe. And yeah, so. and
4: so they got used to swimming in the pool because the lake was uh was brought the level was brought down, and so now the ducks have just decided they've adopted that they, you. They like the night swimming in the pool. We're we're trying to train them away from that, but uh, well, but we have you'll see great herons and one amazing birds and. Uh, just all manner of wildlife here. We have a lot of hawks and owls, and uh, it's it's really that's another big part of our uh, appeal, I think, for folks. And
0: they're and they're laying their eggs.
4: They are laying eggs, yes. Um, Which
0: means those eggs are going to hatch. Well, and then pool party.
4: <laughs> well, our these ducks are not really good parents. They tend to just lay eggs and and neglect. These them. are
0: latchkey ducks. <laughs> <These>
4: are- <laughs> Riding along in my automobile. My
5: baby beside me at the wheel. Cruising and playing the radio. With no particular place to go.
0: My next guest proves the point that there's life after rock and roll, at least on the West Coast. Uh, the former bass player for the Go-Go's, musician, author, bar owner. Did I get it all?
5: Well, no. What did I miss? Well, um, I'm an actress. Yes. And um, I'm and a you mom. Said it th-
0: and you said it the right way. I'm an actress. Yes,
5: and I'm a mom. And um, I don't know. A lot, there's still a lot to do. I, you know, I'm actually... Wait, look,
0: can I introduce you, though? Kathy Valentine. Oh, yeah. Okay, go. I, I okay, thought go. we got that far. No, we didn't yet. No. Okay.
5: And, I'm, and you know what? I'm liking the idea of working for you. I think um, <laughs> I could use a job, I think, being your assistant. Wow,
0: open-air auditions <laughs> right here on the show. I love it. <laughs> bottom line is there is life after the go-go's here you are in austin right
5: this is my hometown so yeah. i am technically back in austin
0: yeah because when you started with the, what you were like 22 years old when you started right
5: yeah when when we got really successful i was 22 and uh i had been in los angeles i moved out there at 19 from austin
0: so you were the rebel
5: um yeah well no i just went in search of fame and fortune and at 19. yeah yeah i know that's the time
0: well, it was your time, that's right.
5: <laughs> and uh, I'm in college now, if that makes a difference. What are you studying? I'm studying fine arts and English.
0: And you're going to apply that how?
5: Um, well, technically, well, that's what I'm, I'm overusing that. I would say the, the original idea was just, when I'm like kind of lost in life and don't know what to do with myself, I take classes. So, wow. So, And for me, because I was so busy with my music career, I didn't ever finish college, so I thought, well, I'm so close. I've been taking classes kind of over the years because we do tend to get lost sometimes. Although,
0: some my of philosophy us. is never let school interfere with your education. Exactly. You know who said that? No. Mark Twain.
5: Oh, oh. that sounds like a Mark Twain-ism. It is,
0: it is. But now tell me about the Blue Bonnets and tell me about the Townsend Bar.
5: Okay, the Blue Bonnets is a, a rock and roll band here in Austin because at my heart and soul, I'm a musician. I will probably always play as long as I'm physically able to, and... Um, I've never not been in a band, and for, the music
0: scene here is—it's exactly where it should be.
5: It's and yeah, I mean, this is a great town for for playing music, and you know, it's not like some places you you do it with an end goal, like oh, we're going to get this tour or this record deal or this or that. And in Austin, you play music for the joy of it, and there's it's there's nothing wrong with playing multiple times a night, you know, or a week or whatever.
0: So, at a given week, for example, where are you playing?
5: Um, well, we play at the Townsend. The Gee, place. what a coincidence! So, who owns that bar? Um, I'm an investor owner, <laughs> and Steven Weisberg is the uh, primary vision visionary of it. And uh, it's been interesting to, to to be a business owner. I'm glad that I get to kind of invest in Austin.
0: You see, there's your education.
5: Well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a passive uh, passive owner. I mean, it, you I you pay I'm,
0: attention. Come on.
5: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. and and then I do have a gig anytime I want. Sure
0: but the but the whole music scene in Austin is so robust right now. It is. And has been for for two decades at least.
5: Yeah, I mean it's I I think that if I hadn't been a teenager here in Austin I probably wouldn't even be a musician. So I really credit the music scene of Austin way before Austin was touted as the world the, the live music capital of the world. Way before then, you know, it was the live music capital as far as I was concerned because I got all my inspiration and all my education Um, by being here.
0: Now, do do your former band members come by to visit? The Go-Go's? Yeah. No,
5: no. But I just saw a couple in New York because we are um, working with some pretty cool producers for a a musical featuring our music.
0: Ah, that's cool. Yeah,
5: it's really cool. Wow. And it's called Head Over Heels. So Nice. Yeah, I'm excited.
0: But When somebody does come to visit you here in Austin, because this is hometown for you, what do you show them that they're not expecting to see?
5: Oh, good question. Um, I, I recently, well, for about a year, I've been dating a, a New Yorker, and
0: not he, one of those.
5: Yeah, and he came to he came to Austin for the first time, and he had done his homework to a degree that he was like, I want to go here, I want to go here, and um, he likes um, nostalgia, you know. So some of the places he wanted to go were places I went when I was a kid.
0: So you could take him back.
5: Well, I was like, I oh, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go no. there. My taste have elevated since then. But um, so where'd you take him? Well, we did, I always like to take someone to Guero's. I, re, I think Guero's on South Congress is. Why? It's just got the atmosphere and the, the authentic Tex-Mex, I, I believe. And um, I, it's just got a good, it's a good vibe. I just love it And there. he
0: went with you and you're still together. So there you
5: go. Mm-hmm. He loved it there. Okay. Now he wants to go every time. Um, <laughs> and he, I took him to Mrs. Johnson's Donuts since 1940 19- Forty, I believe they've been making fresh donuts on Airport Boulevard. He's
0: hooked on those. Mm-hmm. Okay,
5: and uh, it's not all eating, but it sounds what like what the
0: it way is. to a man is through the stomach. You know that. There you yeah. go. Yeah.
5: Um, where else do we do? Uh, what? What would I take someone? Um, walking around South Congress, I think there's just still a lot of as character. opposed to Sixth Street, South Congress. Yeah, Sixth Street. Uh, when I was when I was a teenager, Sixth Street was really different, and yeah. I'm sad it's kind of. I was just there last night for a for a, an event with my daughter, and she was like, ooh, I don't like it here. And <laughs> I was trying to say, like, it didn't used to always be like this. But um, South Congress still has the the character and atmosphere of old Austin. Um, so that's always some fun to take people to. And... You know, I'm trying to think. Gosh.
0: And then, of course, you snuck him into this place called the Townsend Bar because you know people there.
5: Well, actually, he has a video installation. He's an artist there, so we had a reception there for him.
0: What a coincidence!
5: I know it's all it's all know, working out. It's 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 um, a good thing. It's it ain't bad. All for one.
0: What's the one thing that's changed in Austin that you don't like?
5: Um, I think it's the all the um, destruction of places. For ugly apartment buildings and and condos, like on on um on South Lamar, they built a lot of apartments, and I guess I just don't understand why things have to be. I'm not so opposed to progress in building housing, but I don't see why it has to be ugly. Right, it's got to fit in with the,
0: with the with the architecture.
5: Yeah, I just don't see any reason for ugliness when right. you're when you're, and I don't see why an architect would want that to be their legacy. You know, or whoever designs this stuff. I don't. Well, you're, the Townsend
0: it. Bar is not located it, in an ugly apartment No,
5: complex. it's a nineteen, it's an eighteen forties building that we meticulously restored.
0: And how often are you playing there?
5: Um, I don't know, once a month or so. And oh. I also play Antones. We just played Antones the other night, which is, you know, when I was a teenager, that was where I got tons of, it. that's where I saw Stevie Ray that's, Vaughan. That's and where and they the threw you out when they
0: found out you were you were not I enough never got thrown. Oh, it. you got you stuck in. Okay. Yeah. You got, keep that going. This is right. 372 on SWA. The flight attendant's on board serving you today. Teresa in the middle. David in the back. My name is David and I'm here to tell you that. Shortly after takeoff, first things first, there's soft drinks and coffee to quench your thirst. But if you want another kind of drink, then just holler. Alcoholic beverages would be $4. If a Monster Energy drink is your plan, that'll be $3. and you get the whole can. We
1: won't take your cash. You gotta pay the plan.
0: Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. I'm looking forward to my next guest because I have been a loyal subscriber to this magazine since they started. Um, And it's probably one of the best state or regional magazines in the country. It's Texas Monthly. You know why it's so great? You can't open that magazine anymore without reading really a really great crime story. Great crime in Texas, but then my next my next guest does something else about that magazine. What else is great in Texas? It's called Great Food. She's the food editor for Texas Monthly. Patricia Sharp, how are you?
2: Hi, I'm great.
0: And I used to live in Houston, so when I first came to Houston, you know that's when I first discovered barbecue. I mean, I mean there was no barbecue in New York in the New York City when I was growing up, and I mean that, that I knew about. And I didn't, and when I went to college there was really no barbecue in Madison Wisconsin there was bratwurst you know and and cheese curds but in Houston there was barbecue and in Austin there's serious barbecue Absolutely And you guys know cuz you you actually do the best barbecue every year
2: We're doing it this very year And we, Well we do it every 4 years and this is one of the years and so we're we're working on it right now we've got about 18 people
0: Now about- this is the part that drives me nuts 18 people that are eating at 400 barbecue joints. Yeah. (laughs) They bring in napkins? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And what's the criteria?
2: We have a fabulous score sheet that we use that we've developed since 1997, and it breaks each of the meat components down into four categories, like um, amount of smoke and tenderness versus toughness and... uh, The quality of the bark which we used to call the crust but now we call it the bark
0: it's all about the bark Mm -hmm. it's all about the bark salt and pepper but it's not just it's not just the beef ribs it's pork ribs chicken everything
2: it's everything brisket is primary yeah that's the thing that we judge the we give the most weight to brisket
0: now i'm going to be amateur chef here with you for a second before i ever barbecue something i want to marinate it for like seven days no
2: no oh Mm-mm. See, as i
0: said amateur chef tell me tell me what went wrong
2: okay what you want to do is you want to smoke it for about seven hours ah that's texas barbecue now there's all different kinds of barbecue there's south carolina there's tennessee there's kansas city but
0: we are not talking about them today
2: but we're not talking about them today we're talking about texas and what we do is we do a long slow smoke
0: <laughs> there's a line i could absolutely do so much damage to but let's not go there Okay, so that's one of the things that you guys are doing every four years, and that's a big deal, right? You're judging the best barbecue in the whole state.
4: We
2: do.
0: Who won the last time? Franklin. Which is what?
2: Franklin Barbecue. Aaron Franklin is probably the best-known person in Texas. I mean, really and truly. He started in 2009 with a trailer, and then he graduated to his own building, a historic building. It had also been another barbecue joint. The lines are... Every day that he's open, the lines are from two to four hours to get in. Just to get in? Just to get in. They go, They go. If you're in line, they, they know how long the line is. And they come and they say, you know, you're probably the last person who's going to get in today. And the rest of you folks, you know, we want you to come back. But just in all honesty, you're probably
0: not going to make it. Wow. And do they do takeout too?
2: They do. You have to order that well in advance
0: (laughs) has he ever thought of expanding
2: that would lose the magic
0: okay now one of the big explosions in in this country and i'm assuming texas as well is the explosion in food trucks everybody's got one now right are there good food truck barbecue too
2: there's a fabulous food truck barbecue it was so good that they're now building a building
0: (laughs) you see they listen to me they expanded okay and what's the name of that
2: it's called Valentina's Tex-Mex. Wow. And there's another one. There is one, a barbecue food truck called Micklethwaite's. Just trust me, Micklethwaite's. Uh, and um, they're coming along. They're, they're giving Aaron Franklin a run for his money.
0: So they're in the running this year.
2: They are indeed. Okay. So it's Valentina's.
0: Now, outside of barbecue, because it can't all be about barbecue, um, there's a big brunch scene. Mm-hmm. Now, there are the traditional brunch places, I, I know about them, but what are the big surprises for you there?
2: There is a great uh, new brunch place on South Congress. It's the South Congress Hotel. They've got two uh, darling restaurants. One is named Cafe No Say, and the other one is called Central Standard, which is really more like a bar. And uh, they both do they do great brunches. I'm real fond of No Say.
0: Because?
2: because it's kind of like a little trip to Southern California. It looks sort of beachy and whitewashed, and they have a a pretty well-curated brunch menu with, um, I mean, everything on the menu sounds delicious.
0: Now, brunch to me at, at so many restaurants is everything they didn't sell during the week. So how do you know that you're really getting original cooked-that-day dishes at a brunch?
2: I think the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. It's... Um, you know, you, you taste it, and you can tell whether it's fresh or
0: not. Well, you can.
2: I think everybody can. People are much smarter about food than they think they are, and especially with a little practice.
3: Hello? Uh, this is your captain speaking. There is absolutely no
1: cause for alarm. Get your motor running Head out on the highway Looking for adventure
0: we are talking to Patricia Sharp, the food editor for Texas Monthly, about all things food here in Texas when we were talking originally about barbecue. But I do want one more question about barbecue, and that is when I was based in Houston, that's when I really learned about the state. I was going all over Texas. I was going in the Red River country. I was in Ida Bell, Oklahoma, on the border with Texarkana. Uh, and then, of course, western Texas as well, places that drove me nuts like, you know, Amarillo and El Paso. But the barbecue differs from every city.
2: It does. It used to be a lot more different. I think ten years ago, there was sort of a a more southern Mexican influence style down in the valley. Um, there was definitely a difference in East Texas because that had more of the um, like from influence from the Carolinas, and they did uh, more like more pork ribs, and they sort of did a wetter style of brisket. The thing that's interesting is that over the last ten years, well, really five, it's all about Central Texas style, which is which Aaron, is what? which is Aaron Franklin, which is that deep smoke that I was talking about, and the really heavy bark.
0: Back to the bark. I knew you were going to say. Back it. to the bark. Back to the bark. That's the name. It's good name of a book. Back to the bark. All right. What about breakfast?
2: Breakfast. Um, there is a great place called um, Twenty Four Diner, and they are of course open twenty four hours a day.
0: Well, they better be with a title like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I would say I would. Uh, very much fun, right down there, just off of the uh, the Sixth Street uh, Entertainment District. I would try them; absolutely reliable.
0: And what's the dish you order there?
2: Mmm, whatever the waitress recommends.
0: <laughs> See, now I never do that at a restaurant. I, I mean, I always want to know. I mean, I'll ask them, but I never, I never feel I'm always getting an honest answer. You know.
2: Mm, sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Which is
0: why I don't <laughs> ask. Yeah. All right, but. But that's, what you, that's the place you go for breakfast. Where, where's the place that you hang out? That's your secret place of all secret places that could be a dive, could just be a local joint that may not be in the brochure or the guidebook that people need to know about if you're going to be nice to them.
2: You know, I spend an awful lot of time at Taco Deli. It's a local, it's a mini chain started here in Austin. They started the taco revolution. They sort of fuse really Mexican ideas because the the fellow who started it is from Mexican heritage so he's got some of his mom's recipes and but he also understands Texan tastes and so he sort of married it with some really good meats and how spicy oh not that spicy okay. you, you add the spice yourself you can you can get sauces you can go all you can go habanero you can get really spicy but you can also get really mild
0: and you know I think the tacos misunderstood because most people have a stereotypical image of what a taco is, but you could do anything with a taco.
2: Tacos, yeah, tacos are going crazy. You you can do anything with a taco that you want. This, I think, is a really good compromise between traditional, which can sort of trend toward boring, and innovative.
0: Now, a question for my pescatarian friends, of which I happen to be one myself. I used to eat meat all the time, now I don't. I don't eat meat at all right now, so where can I get a decent piece of fish?
2: Well, lots of places. I think that Jeffrey's, uh, which is a good place for a big deal meal in Austin. I think they do a beautiful job
0: with Are you like me? I mean, I hate, there are two words I hate, fine dining. Like I want to eat in your crappy dining room. It's fine dining, right? It's always pronounced that way. Would you like to have some fine dining? I just want to eat well, right? So Jeffrey's is, would that be considered traditionally fine dining or is it just a good place to go?
2: No, Jeffrey's is definitely fine dining. And I mean, you have it, to
0: pronounce it that way. Fine dining. Fine dining. Okay, fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. But what? But they get great fish because they source it. They, it comes in.
2: You know, all these places where I would like to eat fish, they they all they all get fish in. You know, at least three times a week. I mean, that's just and the best day to order the fish. Standard.
0: Come on, the best day.
2: Well, it depends on when they get their delivery, so okay. it varies.
0: Ain't gonna be Monday.
2: Probably not. I mean, Good. you're talking about that's what Tony Burdane says, right?
0: Yeah, I, I'm with him. Go for Tuesday. Tuesday's a great fish day. Whether you're having fine dining or not, you want, you want great fish.
2: You want great fish.
0: Okay. And the number one fish place for you other than Jeffrey's?
2: There's a wonderful little joint called Mongers, M-O-N-G-E-R-S. What a crazy name. Yeah. Well, as in for fishmonger. fishmonger. As yeah. in fishmonger, yeah. because they do have a little market. Um, one of their two owners used to be a fishmonger, and he would sell in the farmer's market. And so now they've opened their own place. They have a little market. They've got a little informal restaurant. Very very fresh fish. Uh, easy going. You know, you sit on benches as opposed to chairs. So if you can't yeah.
0: stand the line at Franklin, you go to you go to Mongers. You
2: could go to Mongers. Yeah. Just don't, not, or, just not, don't order
0: the barbecue at Mongers.
2: Just don't order the barbecue. We have clearance,
1: Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Mm-hmm. Howard radio clearance over. That's Clarence over.
0: Over. Roger. Huh? Earlier on the show, we had. Uh, Trisha Shire, who's been here for 33 years, so I have a junior varsity member now.
3: Oh, kind of yeah. close, kind of close. Cindy present,
0: that. who's the uh, activities and fitness director. How many years?
3: Well, I originally started here right out of college in 1989, worked here uh, about 11 years, went away for a little while, and it's a hard place to stay away from. I so am back, back you are. I am back.
0: You're yes. a UT girl. I am. hook'em. Hook'em horns. I know. You. I know. <laughs> I had a problem there. I have to tell you my problem. Uh-oh. When I was a correspondent for Newsweek, I came to interview the president of the university who was, a, who, who was a woman and we did it in her office but I also was a photographer so I said let's get a couple of shots of you. So we went up on the tower on the roof but she didn't bother to tell anybody. And the next thing you know the SWAT team was pointing guns at us.
3: Nice. Yeah, we have a little history there. Yeah right? we so, know. Yeah. <laughs> that was yes. a bad move yes. in, in yes. protocol
0: but I, I, I lived to tell the tale That's and good. the photography worked. Good. Well, yeah. It is beautiful up there. Well you know when somebody says they're activities and fitness director. You know, I just have this vision of, a, of, a, of an exercise bike and a couple of dumbbells. W- what are you doing here that's different than anybody else?
3: Well, I like to think of um, being able to provide experiences and situations where people have those moments that are either an aha moment in their life or something that's really pivotal, that really changes something. For because, them. you
0: know, if you look at, at what guests say they want, mm-hmm. it's a whole lot different than what they do. You know, every everybody says they'll only go to places place that has a swimming pool and the utilization is maybe eight mm-hmm. percent. And they all say they have to have a fitness club and you have five diehards and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But you've got twenty acres to play with here right? So you get them outside.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I like to think of this environment as our, as our outdoor gym, Peter, but I call it our GEM, our outdoor gym, because as Tricia kind of alluded to a minute ago, it is an amazing environment. As, a, as we sit here, we have a, a wall of a hill across the lake from which, which is all preserved. And then we have 21 miles of waterway, which is really our green belt, but it's water.
0: So you get people out in the water.
3: We do. We provide as much outdoors as we do indoors. I mean, certainly we have traditional activities and fitness programs. We have trending stuff, which is cool and different and funky, okay, you might okay. find. Try but not, wait, wait. It's make the me water. laugh
0: make me laugh. What's okay. the trendy stuff?
3: The trendy stuff. Well, certainly we have the weighted hula hoops where you can do the um, weighted hula hoops. Hula hoops where you can do some fun, that great sounds like music a bad indoors. Dream. <laughs> well, I guess that depends who you are, right? Some people might really think that's kinda cool. But if you add a little glow at night and you get that glow under the moon and the stars and do the glow hoops no, no. at night you add
0: a little alcohol well, then the weighted hula hoops <laughs> then you have the glow anyway
3: <laughs> that will listen yet. Yeah, that's, that's so right. much for exercise okay that's one so for trending that is one um for the mind body aspect of it we have the drift away meditation so some people are used to doing meditation in a studio or a box type th- facility and um, we take it to the pool and, and actually we're even doing it outdoors on the lake this spring where you meditate um on water where you can lay and drift and meditate and in a guided okay, i'm going to ask a stupid question no such thing.
0: Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. What time of the day do you do it on the water?
3: Both. So we know that it's important to be mindful in the morning, really, to kind of set that mind frame of what your day is going to be and and, and reground and reconnect. So um, our sup yoga, or sup meditation, we offer in the morning to kind of set the framework of the day. Sup Stand and paddleboard. Thank you. Thank you. SUP yoga. I know. Stand it. and paddleboard. Right. So we offer that in the morning.
0: Well, first of all, you got to be able to stand up before you can meditate. You
3: don't actually. Well, you're know, we're not. We're not meditating on feet. I'm, I'm going to meditate on this.
0: Get up.
4: No. <laughs>
3: you don't. So in that class, you don't even have to stand up. You can gently paddle over there and and connect to the lines and and <laughs> meditate there on the water. Our uh, during our day, our day is kind of built that we provide you opportunities to to connect and be mindful to bring your body into the Be mindful higher... the
0: fact that it's going to be difficult to get up <laughs> not, on that stupid Not paddle. necessary
3: for that just the whole day together. So really to the morning activities are designed for connection. But the water's designed, calm enough connection. that you can do that. Absolutely. The water is extremely calm in yeah. the morning and so there's there's a that peaceful situation about getting on the water in the morning. And then the afternoons when we provide drift away meditation that's indoors in our our pool. Right. But again, But you do drift reason. away on the on the lake too? Yeah, we do on the paddle boards. Mind body
0: so it like actually drift away, they don't come back?
3: They well mentally, sure. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? I was meditating. I oh was, it's Tuesday? I'm sorry. I, I was you know. drifting away. Yeah. Yeah. But what's the most popular?
3: The most popular classes we have, I'll have to say really are the the mind body classes because you know, you, you alluded a minute ago to the to why people really try to get away and what it is that they're looking for. And I think most people right now are looking to reconnect, to really reconnect to their purpose and to to who they really are. And that's what I love about this property and about what we do here is because it's a whole, it's, it really creates that whole person again, whether it's activity or whether it's a walk in the gardens or, or, or in the spa or discovery classes, you reconnect and become wholesome.
0: Okay. My second stupid question, Mm -hmm. my experience has been that people don't change their their lifestyle when they change their location. They think they do, but they don't really. Mm -hmm. So that there is sort of a disconnect initially before they can actually get into this.
3: Right. Because they're still crawling
0: around looking for the internet they yeah. Still, right.
3: Well, there's a reason they come, right? Yeah. So everybody has well, a different reason. There's a reason, reason they reason. say they come. There's a reason they say they come, right. but most of it, most of it is back, back to that inner self and and what it is that we're kind of missing or why we need to, to stop and reconnect and breathe and. Or in my case, the inner modem. The inner modem. There you
0: go. <laughs> Cindy, president the activities and fitness director of the Lake Austin Spa and Resort. I'll drift away, please. Oh, please. <laughs> You've been
3: listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world.
0: If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.
1: From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker The Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker The Hargan Family Killings early and ad free starting May 1st with a 48 hours plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.
4: Are you ready for an all new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast.
0: to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover.
4: Bring it D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.